Hey y'all, welcome to and what? I have a very, very, very special guest with us here today on and what? We have Yams be saying in the house. Can I be honest in the house? If you have not already, be sure to subscribe to her podcast to follow her on all social media platforms at Can I Be Honest or Yams be saying Yams. Hi. Tell the people for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. You are my first guest on And What? Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Um, this is actually a continuation of the conversation that we had on your podcast that is actually airing today. Um, the 20 for those who are listening. But definitely take a check. Um, check that out. Take a listen to that. It was a very, very good conversation. So much so that we decided to do a part two. So here we are talking with Yami, a good friend, a mentor, a sister, my Haitian goddess queen. Okay. Uh, why are you like this? <laughs> why are you like this, Lord? Just look at you. Like, guys, I need to pose this as a video maybe because you're just looking like a Nubian queen, y'all. Y'all don't even understand. Okay. She glows with it. I just got a haircut. I'm just feeling okay with my life right now. You know what I'm saying? You look uh, like more than okay. Okay. You look like a million <laughs> bucks, like they say. But let's get to it. Let's get to it. Our last conversation was about uh, mental health, particularly in the Haitian household and growing up in that type of culture. And I kind of just want to get your perspective on it and how um, the Haitian culture influenced or helped or whatever the case may be with uh, your mental health personally. Okay, so um, several things. Uh, I have three people in my family, in my immediate family, and my immediate family consists of my mom, my stepfather, who I acknowledge as my my daddy, um, and um, my stepsister, who I don't say step, but is my sister, who are uh, technically uh, under the classification of mental health professionals. So I kind of grew up with um, my mom, who uh, has a master's in social work, my dad, who is, who has a PhD in uh, uh, theology, who's a pastor, has been pastoring for over uh, four decades, has a, a master's in psychology, I believe it was, and served as a, um, a family uh, therapist for uh, Miami-Dade County for a number of years. My mom is a master's in social work. You know, she uh, worked with the school system and currently works for, um, um, and dealt with families and currently works for the hospitals. And I have a sister who uh, did an abundance of things related to criminal uh, psychology and mental health and things like that. Um, so let's say I had an exposure to it. Um, but theoretically, you, one could argue that like doctors make the worst patients. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so uh, I would say that as far as my... Um, uh, as far as my upbringing, my parents were still Haitian, so right. a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the ways that they they kind of dealt with things 
um, retrospectively, especially now because mental health is kind of the focus of conversations these days. They dealt with it the best way they could dealing with an insurmountable amount of other pressures that they were experiencing. Um, But I did have an exposure to kind of, uh, I don't know, I was aware of it to some degree. I'm uh, aware of, of mental health as being uh, um, an important thing, Um, but also learning how to decipher when I was being analyzed. (laughs) I don't know if this makes Mm -hmm. sense. That's (laughs) interesting. Yeah. So we're, that's that's actually kind of interesting because I always would think that because they were in the profession that the conversations might be different or the way that they approach particular situations would be different did you find that or was it just because they were so cultured in their tradition when it came to you and raising you and dealing with your struggles with mental health it it was kind of like a different approach well i just think that i think that when you're in the middle of a situation you react you go uh, uh, unless you have like trained yourself to not be reactive you're going to react as you have always reacted right mm-hmm. So I think that by comparison, when I talk to other people, I had it way better. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I do. But I I also think that there were some things that my parents and I have actually come to have conversations about as I became older, Mm -hmm. as they, you know, as I'm I'm parenting their their grandchild uh, to where they can, they've honestly conveyed that, oh, this is where I, I kind of, I kind of missed the mark. This is how I could have been better, which honestly has been more helpful for me as an adult Mm. than if they were to proverbially got it right from my childhood on. Yeah. That makes sense. And then as a parent too, you learn to give um, people a lot more grace. You know what I'm saying? I understand like even there's sometimes where when I'm talking to my daughter that I may blow up and I, and I have to go back and I have to be like, listen, I'm so sorry. Mommy just had a bad day. It wasn't your fault kind of thing right. um, that I hope that she understands that I'm also her mother. While I'm her mother, I'm also a human being. Yeah. 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 That's good. Do you, um, was it easy for you to open up or do you find it easier as an adult to open up and to have that? like difficult conversation with your parents about your mental health. Cause if I'm being completely honest with everything that I went through with my mental health journey, I haven't actually had that sit down talk with my parents where we actually talked about everything and um, you know, where I was, why I was, you know, in that, that place. Like I've had semi conversations with um, more so my dad about it. Um, He's more so on the side where I was just, overwhelmed and overstressed at work but to actually have like a sit down conversation on the details of how I felt during that time we've never actually had a had a sit down conversation so is it easier to open up as an adult or were you ever able to open up to them like while going through the process so uh, my experiences with mental health wasn't uh to the ex- uh okay well to answer your question probably not right Mm -hmm. so I don't know if I've ever sat down and my parents said hey I had to go to therapy because you know xyz abc that but we've had 
direct and intentional conversations about specific things that like I've gone through that may have influenced like my personality, for instance. Yeah. So to answer your question, kind of no. And, and it's not because I, I don't want to. I, I think that everything, what does the Bible say in Ecclesiastes? Everything has a season. Yeah. So it's about timing and, you know, position. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That if the conversation leads to it, I think, uh, I think as a woman of a certain age, <laughs> I'm a little, um, I'm, I'm more comfortable with conveying my honest feelings. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I'm cognizant about even more so these days um, that I think that, uh, th- that I'm, I'm loosening up a little bit about is uh, not giving, not assuming what my parents are going to think based off of what I say. Yeah. And I think that's where for me I am. And the assumption is not a positive one. Um, It's more so, I think it's fear-based. And I had a conversation with my uncle after coming back to um, the hospital, but it wasn't, it wasn't a very good, the conversation didn't go the way that I wanted it to, but it went the way I expected. Like I didn't expect him to fully understand um, really what I was going through. Um, And one of the things that I find very difficult with mental health is the idea that it's, it's a choice. Like that's kind of what I heard a lot you know you have to you have to choose to be happy you have to choose to be happy and i don't all the way disagree with that but i do find that some people kind of it's not as easy as it may sound for some people um so combating that idea of what people think you're going through with what you're actually going through and kind of bringing that together to a mutual understanding um, it's for me one of the reasons why it's very difficult to actually talk talk about mental health because you know you don't want to play that victim game or you're doing it for attention or you're not really that sad or why are you being dramatic you're such a drama queen so um, having to wrestle and deal with all of those negative thoughts about what other people will think I think is 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 very, very difficult. So how do you, how do you personally, how do you feel like you combat that? Because in order for us to actually truly heal, I believe that there are certain things that we do have to um, talk about. Yes, there is a time and a season, but how do you think a person who's currently, especially in a time like this, where we're all isolated and things aren't going the way that, you know, we expected or wanted or um, whatever the case may be, how, what advice would you give to someone who is kind of in that mind space where they're, they're struggling with, being that honest self with people out of fear of what they'll say. Well, uh, let me go off by first saying that I'm definitely not an expert. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely don't have the right uh, tools, verbiage, or what have you. Um, And and, and, in comparison to most Haitian families, I do have I do have parents who are, who, who believe in medication and, you know, being hospitalized and doing the proverbial right things, um, in addition to praying and believing in God and stuff like that when it comes to mental health. So I'm going to say that that's actually very important that you say that because my parents, um, 
aren't as supportive and like yes they believe in hospitals and they believe in doctors and they believe in medication but the being medicated part wasn't like I actually had a conversation with my dad and he was like I really don't like the fact that you're you're on these medications you know what the symptoms are so now I'm over here having slick anxiety because I'm like what are you saying like I'm not <laughs> symptoms for being on this medication but yeah that's that's actually a good point that you that you bring up not all families cultures see that that part is important in your healing process but i just wanted to no and and, and there's a there's a fine line right because there's there's the potential of the abuse of, of medication and if yeah. there's a, if there's a homeopathic remedy for something obviously it's probably more inclined it's more in your best interest to go ahead and take those paths that's yeah. i mean that's my general thought about it i mean and you know balancing but um, as far as the honest conversation about it, mm-hmm. I don't think that you can tell everybody everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly, I honestly, I, I, and we had this conversation kind of on Can I be, I be Honest about like, you know, whether or not you felt comfortable enough to talk to me about, you yeah. know, um, what you were experiencing. But my general resolve is that for me, there are maybe two people two and a half people, two, maybe <laughs> three people that I can think of that know everything about me. Right. I'm talking about some really, like, if you heard about it, you'd be like, <laughs> sis, really? Like, and, and these, it's because these people allow me the space to be vulnerable. They correct me. Don't get me wrong. But they allow me the space to be vulnerable, to say the things the way I need to say, even if it sounds terrible, even if I don't have the right proper language. And I'm a person who likes to be um, on PR mode at all times. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm even when I'm talking to you, I'm watching the way that I'm saying things. I don't want to come off as being a know-it-all, but I don't want to be. I don't want to be inauthentic as well. I'm, I'm struggling with uh, even as i'm talking to you struggling with making sure that i i know that if this thing goes beyond this conversation that <laughs> the 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 people understand that i, I have a balance to me yeah. no matter what the clickbait might present itself but what i've concluded for me is that everybody can't have the details mm-hmm. on certain things and some people just can't handle it and those are and and i know that our parents are supposed to be in uh um in some ways the places that we we kind of go to lay our heads down but at the, at the true at the true essence of it our parents are human so it just may be that they can't that they are they as a parent are holding the weight um like it's kind of like i got you back past this point once you get married for sure it'd be like Whew. You know, finally, you know, like the weight of, of holding on to her no longer belongs to me but until then you know, it's, 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 it's the understanding that, uh, some people can't always, uh, uh, some people are carrying so much trauma that they can't, they can't carry the things that you have to say. And that's okay. That's that part. Wow. And, and, and then maybe asking for permission to, to convey, you know, those thoughts. Cause maybe sometimes that's what needs to happen. Hey, do you mind if I vent to you? I got to say something. I need to go ahead and, and, you know, free fly. Mo- I have a girlfriend, Natasha Smiley Peoples, who will always be my closest friend, mm-hmm. who, um, who I may not talk to every single day, but when she calls me, she's like, yeah, I got the vent. That's it. <laughs> yeah. 
there's no judgment. Yeah. There, there may be some correct. There, there may be some correction. There may be some conversation. Like there may be some kind of like devil advocacy, but she knows that she can be completely vulnerable with me. I know that I can be completely vulnerable with her. And sometimes, uh, uh, some in any in any circumstance. So I think it's it. Yes, I think that we need to be able to be um, our most authentic selves with people. But uh, at the also, we need to. I think there's some level of understanding that maybe some people just can't handle it in the moment. Yeah, and, it, and that's okay too. It doesn't mean that they don't love us or they don't support us. It just means that for right now, they may not be the person that we can divulge this kind of thing to. Yeah, and not being um, upset with them or blaming them or faulting them for right, right, not wanting to carry your burdens because I mean it's it's a choice like. We choose who whose lives we want to be a part of. We choose what, which burdens we want to carry, and it's it's not it's not fair to fault someone for choosing not to to carry someone else's burden because we all, like you said, we all carry things, and sometimes someone else's weight is just too heavy on top of everything that that we're going through and what we're dealing with, and that's that's okay. That's okay to to, to create that boundary because that's essentially what it is. It's creating. A boundary and um, honoring and respecting that for for that person. But one yeah. thing that you, that you really said that spoke um, volumes to me was how you had at least one person, um, because I too had had someone who I could just and really it was like the 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 deepest darkest thoughts. Like I could be able to to tell this person and to be able to call this person at any time of the night and to know that they would be um, someone who would be there to, to pray with me through, through everything. So I think that would be one piece of advice is to, cause I, I think we, we all have that one person. I'm sure there are many people, but um, that one person who you can completely just be yourself with entirely, completely vulnerable with. And I think it's important to, to um, allow yourself to, to be vulnerable to that person because vulnerability can we just talk about that for a second because that's <laughs> that's not one of the easiest things to be uh-uh. and to do and it's i don't know it's like showing a side of yourself that i think you're even trying to hide from yourself so to let other people see it when sometimes you either are ashamed of it or disappointed of it or or scared of it yourself it's like letting someone else into into your darkness is just it's hard it's hard to do the other thing is i treat vulnerability uh, uh, vulnerability is synonymous with complaining to me too yes so so a, a lot of times i'll have uh i'll have uh, uh, an inquiry to get to know the the most inner depth thoughts that i experience and it's it, it, and if it's not like the three people that i'm talking uh, i'm talking about to me, it just sounds like complaining. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So like, so that, that in lies the battle too. Like if I can, if I can get, and, and, and I do get it, it, it just comes, it comes with, it comes to certain people. But if I can get my mind to think, to allow myself the opportunity to, to think things out the way that I want to think and not treat it as me complaining, yeah, maybe then I could have um the space to be vulnerable even even with the can i be honest podcast mm-hmm. it's vulnerable but it's it's almost like um 
I don't know where I said this, but I like I I put it in I put it in I, the question is can I be honest question mark right mm-hmm. and it's not it's a I'm making statements but I'm also asking for permission for me to candidly express how I think yeah. without um without being labeled yeah ooh you that's know? ooh that's good that's good yeah because them labels. And also the labels that, that we, we put on ourselves. We're just not, well, let me not speak for everybody. But I'm not too kind to myself if I'm being completely honest. Like I'm my worst critic. (laughs) Like I think I'm probably my least supporter. And, and it's just, I think that's probably what it is. It's a barrier of first dealing with yourself. And then after doing that, allowing other people in to then deal with you as well. It's just, it's just, yeah. I wrote this, I wrote this in a, um, a a blog post, um, I don't know, a couple months ago, I guess, where I was like, um, the, the pluses and the minuses of me is that I can, like, you can't tell me anything about myself, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so yeah. that's the that's the plus. The negative part is that even if you try to tell me something good or uh negative, <laughs> I can't receive it because if I think something about myself, that's what I think and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so it's so people could be saying and what is true, it's a podcast of the century, more people need to hear it, you know, more people need to know about it, but it doesn't matter to you because for you, I'm not doing, I don't sound, I don't look, I don't what, I don't, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing <laughs> and it's not a thing that you go through by yourself. So yeah. one thing that I definitely found that helped with that is with my, um, the way that I think is going to therapy and talking that out. Cause there are some things where I really thought, was just okay to think that way or um like for one example um i learned through my therapy sessions that i'm quite the extremist like i'm on one side or a completely different side there's no in between for me and one that's example that's the part that makes you haitian though that's the, <laughs> that's the part that, that, is that, makes you haitian. that is not a lie and i was talking it was crazy because i've always known that that was something that I did but I guess I never had like never seen it through someone else's eyes and I've I've never seen someone else put a put a name on it and I'm never to be honest I never saw how dumb it was like to think that way because okay so I was in one of my this is a while back ago but in one of my therapy sessions and um you know this is like towards the beginning and my therapist told me how she liked my nails and I'm like oh thank you girl but I was going back to work you see and they were too long because I typed and I was like I'm gonna have to take them off though because they're too long and I can't type and she looked at me and she was like why don't you just get them down (laughs) and it baffled me and I started laughing because literally and when I tell you that thought of just trimming them down did not even cross my mind it was either keep them on or take them off like there was literally nothing there and she was just like why are you such an extremist and I was like you know this is why God allowed us to have um a therapist this is why they're so important (laughs) 
Yes, because I see it now and like in certain things, I'm just like, oh, you're doing it again. Yeah. What's the in between? What's the middle? What's the great What's the middle area? ground? Yeah. yeah. And it's, 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 I found that it's difficult to, to see that, that, and even now, like that was months ago and I'm still having some conversations with some people I'm talking to like, yo, you, you're extreme, bro. Like, is this not an option for you? And I'm just like, dang it. It is. It is an option. It can be. Thank you. Thank you for seeing. But that's why I like, and, and that's, again, that's the emphasis behind, uh, giving your thoughts, um, um, to someone who is kind of doesn't know you from Adam and uh, or can give you some objective perspective because once you do that like and you start you start hearing you know someone someone gives you alternatives yeah it helps you create alternatives for yourself too right Yes. I mean, at least that's what, that's because uh, the same, I, I've had the same situations in therapy sessions where I've, I'll be like, and then this, and then this, <laughs> and she'll be like, but why does it have to be this way? <laughs> I'll be like, you have to be this way. <laughs> why are you like this? Like, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't figured that part out. But you, or I, I remember one time I went into my therapy session and I laid out a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of stuff on her and I was like, now fix me. And it was kind of like, sis, that's not how this, that's not how this works, okay? I can work, but that was my extreme. And like, it was, okay, I've told you all of it. Now you give me the resolution so that I can create the resolve that I'm looking for in 24 hours. Now. Exactly. <laughs> it's, that, it's that quick, quick fix. Like, I don't have time for, one of the things that really, that really bothered me and I didn't fully understand until after the fact that my therapist always said to me was like you gotta do the work and I'm like what are you talking about what work do I gotta do I'm here okay I'm here what else what do you want from me what more can I do for you but it wasn't until after the fact and um I really to be honest I really thought that my whole healing process was her job like that was her responsibility right. and that right. was not at all the case a lot of it um all of it really was was more so on me having to be honest with myself, having to be honest with her, having to be open, having to be vulnerable, um, having to talk about those those difficult parts that I wanted to keep hidden and wanted to keep to keep buried. Like a lot of the work is definitely on on um, you, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why therapy is so hard because it shines that light on those difficult areas and it forces you to see them and it forces you to deal with them um fake if you're trying to get if you're trying to get real resolve you can't be fake you got to tell yeah, it all yeah uh -huh. so true so true what are some other reasons do you think therapy um may be difficult for for other people as well hmm. i i really think that the exposure of uh, of or the but the exposure of trauma can be hard yeah you know what I'm saying? Because uh, not always, because like I, I know last year when I had started therapy, I was doing I was doing it purely for a maintenance purpose. Mm -hmm. But it once we I was like, hey, I just kind of want to make sure that I'm still kind of trucking along. I, I got all these EAP times. So, you know, blah, blah. And I'm thinking I'm going to use all five of my little EAP sessions. And that's going to be it between Bill and And she started kind of exposing things in me. And I was like, ah this is not what I came here for. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not, if, if you are, and then 
I don't know if you if if you have unsaid or unspoken trauma that's kind of like layered mm-hmm. down they the pot the potential of it being like exposed can be uh, a scary feeling yeah. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. I, 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 like I, I I don't always want to deal with the truth about myself you know yeah. the the ugly the ugly yeah. nasty you know things that are, are preventing me from being the best that I could be for you know for God's glory mm-hmm. but um I know I know for other people I, I I think I would think that for other people it may be similar the the the, the fear of being exposed for you know not who you not not who you want to be mm. who you pretend to be yeah can prohibit people from wanting to do the work it's easier to kind of live in secrecy yeah when i first i remember my first session i went in there and i was like listen i just want friends i just i just want some friends because <laughs> in my mind i had i had um conceptualized that i am the way that i am and because i am this way it's negatively impacting my friendship so i want better friendships and walking in there that first day to our our last session i definitely um there was a lot about myself that i also was not aware of that i didn't um know was there that i didn't know was was affecting me um in a negative way and that's one of the reasons why i think listen i'm a proponent they might as well make me oppose a child for therapy because I I support it. It's it's I think it's a necessity. Even even if you don't think that you need it, I definitely do think, like you said, it should be a maintenance check thing at least because there are things that we knowingly and unknowingly do do suppress and unless we deal with them and um, acknowledge them and accept them, we can never truly heal from. From those broken areas that we are are not aware of so yeah. yeah and i don't even know if i answered all the questions i'm not gonna lie to you and you can keep this part in if you want but i'm just saying if i didn't answer all of the questions you know part of being me is to answer the questions that i want to answer okay so i'm sorry <laughs> you did actually you did actually answer all the questions this was actually a very very good conversation thank you ams for coming on and for doing this you this i'm gonna be honest was can i be honest um <laughs> this was one of the things that i think was us standing in the way of me being able to continue because i knew you know my mental health journey was something that I definitely needed to talk about, um, but you know the enemy will come in and you just try to convince you that. But you also need to know that you're not alone. You know what I'm saying? It, it, and mental health, mental health doesn't look like one thing. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? I'll give you an example. With all the stuff that's going on in um in the world with the death and the shootings and the killings mm-hmm. and all that other stuff of uh, unarmed black people or whatever, I realized that one of my default uh, mannerisms when I'm, I'm experiencing trauma is to eat uh, Haitian spaghetti. If I feel anxiety, if I feel any level of anxiety, I will always go and cook spaghetti, Haitian spaghetti. Wow. I noticed it today when I was eating it this morning. I was just kind of like, oh. Yes, we eat spaghetti for breakfast because it's a breakfast food. <laughs> yeah, we, it is. It is a breakfast food. I, like, I fried it up on the pan. I made me some. I had made me some at 11, 12 that night. I had some leftover noodles. I made some in the morning. And I was just kind of like, oh, I'm experiencing trauma this morning. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
and and this is I'm some I'm somebody who has I have ten years worth of law enforcement experience. It means I've seen a lot of things. I've heard a lot of things. I've seen a case from the beginning to the end of it. Wow. And this is how I'm processing or I'm grieving the trauma that I'm you know visualizing. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so so much for being my first guest. Appreciate your sister girl. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you, love you. Don't forget to subscribe to Can I Be Honest podcast and Yams be saying Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Why? Yeah, I can't Twitter. <laughs>